When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. Um, and I'm patently not Phil Whelan's because uh, he and I both being rather trained, obviously. But <laughs> I forgot most of what I learned. It transpired. Nevertheless, uh, my name's Mark Webster. Um, I am a uh, regular course on this show, host of Talk Sport, among many other things. But more excitingly, I've got uh, a real plethora of talent with me. I've got more gyms than David Lloyd. <laughs> of course, uh, the regular uh, other half of this particular show, Mr. Jim Grant is here. Hello, Jim. All right. Good evening, Webbo. Nice to see you. And uh, it, it, it's a shame because uh, our other Jim did ask you before we started there, no poems this week. So you, so I'm going to have to drop the stanza Lazaridis. Yeah, then, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. Uh, funnily enough, uh, I haven't felt inspired by what's gone on in the last week or so, amazingly. Oh, well, doom and gloom. Well, you, well, you, a really good old-fashioned hymn would have worked, wouldn't it? Really? Some, <laughs> some really miserable 18th yeah. century sort of like dirge would, yeah. have, would have covered it quite nice. You wish everybody yeah. dies in the end if they're sinful. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. we'll, we'll save that for another week. <laughs> but we can talk to another Jim, and I'm delighted to say that um, we are joined by Jim Munro, of course, erstwhile one of the great scribes of the game, uh, clearly still an axe man, judging <laughs> by what I'm seeing in the background of, of this particular shot. Mr. Jim oh, yeah. Munro, hello, sir. Good evening, fellas. How are you both? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm COVID positive at the moment. I'm in isolation. So, uh, are you Jim? now? Yeah, yeah. It's been a bit weird. I, I, I hadn't had it at all. So this is my first lot. I've gone through the entire uh, pandemic, you know. Um, yeah, but, weird, really. Were you always behind the times, Jim? Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, he's only got the old-fashioned version of COVID. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, call me old-fashioned. Yeah, it's probably alpha, alpha variant. Yeah, exactly. That's right. You get it. No, it's a timeless classic, that Timeless Omicron bollocks. Yeah, <laughs> who needs? <laughs> but and and, there, and and that suddenly knocks uh, Jim Munro's epic bus journey into a cocked hat because I was a little bit worried <laughs> for, you know, about him making it in time. But you've you buzzed up from the West End, then, Jim. That's Munro. right. Yeah, um, our office is in Soho, so it's uh, 
fighting off the shoppers in Oxford uh, Oxford Circus trying to jump on the bus. But our old good old uh, fashionable Red London bus got me here in time to speak to you guys. Well played. I've got so, uh, a credit where it's Mr. Wheeler's had to blow out and, uh, and he, he very kindly asked me to fill in. And I don't know if he told you, uh, Jim G, about it. He said, don't know if I told you what he'd do when he texted me. I'm Mr. Monopoly in Monopoly life-sized. That's it, yeah. Now, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but that would be the whole of London then, wouldn't it? If it's life-size. <laughs> yeah, basically he's now walking the streets. He is, isn't he? With a, with yeah. a Scotty yeah. dog and a top hat on. Yes. <laughs> Interesting. It, and only that I, I worked up there for a, a TV production company, and, I, and, and so I opened my bank account at the co-op at Angel, and there's a plaque on the wall, and when that was an old tea house, that's where they invented the London version of Monopoly. Right. They pitched up from America, I think, um, yeah. and then basically they did what you just said, Jim G, which is walk the streets <laughs> and and find out all the, and find the little places they're going to put on the on the London Monopoly board. Well, Angel Station's on there, isn't it? So they must exactly. have start, started with that and worked their way around. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I mean, basically, I'd have got a map out. I'd, you know, I mean, there's a <laughs> Weatherspoons next door now. There probably wasn't then, I'm going to suggest. But, I mean, you could have just done it all, couldn't you? But but anyway, they they were very vigilant in getting the job done. Um, obviously, we just put, we're just sort of keeping the inevitable arm's length. I mean, we're going to do it a little bit further <laughs> because we got a first-hand report from from Jim G on the last time we kicked a ball with anger. Um, yes, seems so quite a while ago now. Tell us about it? your trip up yeah. to the OT. Uh, up to the OT, yeah. Um, I, I, it's an easy trip, Old Trafford, isn't it? I mean, compared to getting to City, it's 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 a uh, it's a good day out. I always think I tend to park at the um, at Old Trafford, the cricket ground. Um, I like to have a nice lunch at the Old Hall in Sandbach. Shout out for a very fine pub on the way up. and and uh, I was looking forward to um to a darn good game but it wasn't really it was a disappointing uh disappointing game anyway and then obviously mm. the last minute um winner was a was an absolute sickener um uh, and really it was, it was remarkably uneventful we didn't really they didn't do a lot but but we really didn't do enough to win it either a draw would have been a fair result I think um a lot of huffing and puffing in midfield, but very little um, at either end, really, uh, uh, sharpness and attack. You know, that, if I were a Man U fan, I, I would be very disappointed with what I they serve up. I think that's very to... fair. Not uh, giving yeah. out grey air and contentious, the winner goal, winning goal was anyway. Jim Munro, it's interesting, isn't yeah. it, how, how um, success and greatness is a relative term, because apparently this is a dismal Man United that we should have beaten. And they beat us and went into fourth place. So, you know, yeah. there's, it's, some things, are, 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 there's versions of bad, aren't there? Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I guess that that will take us on to talking about the uh, January transfer window that it wasn't um, when we talk about expectation and, and how other teams and other fans are viewing us uh, right now. But, I mean, that particular game, I mean, those, those eight seconds went in slow motion. You could just see it unfolding, couldn't you? <laughs> Jim, just the way yeah, it was happening. Yeah, yeah. Just like you, you get to like, well, as I say, I think it was about eight seconds. The, the thing that got me about that, uh, yes, Frederick shouldn't have been so far forward. Thomas Suchek was uh, further upfield than perhaps he could have been. Bowen, if he just controlled the ball, although it wasn't his fault, it wasn't a particularly good pass. Um, but Cresswell at the back post, 
he's been exposed there a couple of times. It was happening against Leeds, and he's uh, it's like since he's come back, he's just lost his his spatial awareness, his peripheral vision around him, and he's uh, he's. He's always had a tendency to ball watch at that back post, I think. Yeah. It's been a weakness in his game throughout. And let's be fair, you know, he, he, he's, he's had a terrific, up until the injury, he's had a terrific season. Mm. And he's like a player reborn in, in many ways. And he offers a huge amount. But defensively, as a fullback, you know, there are, there, there are issues now in terms of, of kind of pace. But also that, that sort of slight tendency, either just to, to be caught playing someone on offside, onside or... But I think yeah. the ball, the ball watching against Leeds was was uh, really, you know, a throwback to the kind of kind of defensive error he was making um, in a, f- a few years ago. Um, you know, and I, I, it's another area where we need ultimately to strengthen, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I, I, uh, I think that. I, I, and we, yes, we will now, both gyms, talk about the January <laughs> transfer window, and I would argue that that probably wasn't, you know, in terms of that as a conversation. I think we're all right. I mean, given given the new regime, given the recent transfer windows, given the relative success that we've had since Moyes seemed to have more control over it, I, w- I wasn't particularly worried about that particular space. And luckily, that's played into my advantage because we didn't buy <laughs> Sodol. So, um, I, yeah. I suppose, should we, should we start there? Sorry, sorry, Jim. Should we just start on the principle? Because there is, a, I think there's a solid argument that says that I kind of lean towards that buying for the sake of it would have been a worse idea than buying nothing at all. But I think there's a lot more, that area is even greyer than I've just tried to nuance it into. Yeah, I think for me, the, the, the biggest disappointment was look at the attraction we are right now. We're in the last 16 of the Europas. We're in the top five in the Premier League. With you know, this is the time to be lifting our skirts up and exposing it. Well, perhaps that's not a good metaphor, bearing in mind what's happening in football just now. Uh, but now is the time when you know we're, we're an attractive proposition to to a lot of people, and perhaps people who wouldn't have looked at us previously. And we've we've done nothing about it. And I uh, appreciate what you're saying there, Weber, about you know, okay, we we've bought some real duffers in January panics before. Well, we could sit and roll off the likes of Benny McCarthy and whoever, but there, there are certain players. When I, I put it this way, I said to my lads last night, I said, of all the players who've actually moved in this transfer window, who would you have actually bought? Who would you have wanted? Mm. And he said Nat Phillips, and that, that's actually the name that's at the top of my list because he's yeah. someone we looked at. I, I don't see what the problem would have been in getting in a Nat Phillips on loan with an option to buy. And giving them a try because we we obviously need strengthening in that centre back area. The Liverpool fans throughout the transfer window on social media kept going on about how brilliant he is um, and how they didn't want to lose him. We've seen firsthand he's played against West Ham how good he can be on his day, and it, it's that I would have thought that would have fitted a, a Moyes brief of okay if you can't bring in someone who's going to immediately improve the first team. You're not bringing him in on a permanent. You're bringing him in on a loan with a view to making him part of that squad. Yeah, Jim, that, his name was as, as, as Jim as, as Jim just pointed out there. We, we've been talking about him for weeks in terms of being a possibility. Um, yeah, and it just seemed to kind of dissipate. Um, I've got to say, Rigi as well. I thought was going to make oh, was a conversation that we'd have once they picked up a yeah. new striker at Liverpool. So, and I'll be honest with you, gents, and uh, Jim Grant, I get your take on in it just now, I have one hope 
I genuinely wanted to get Kiefer Moore out of Cardiff simply because I, I, I was trying to measure my expectations and simply think about a, somebody who could be literally the physical help that um, Antonio was going to need. Yeah. And we didn't even go that route. We didn't even go, which, of course, was the Craig Dawson kind of signing. And I yeah. was and I was either the contented myself with that. But, Jim, Jim, what was your take? Well, I, I'd, I'd sort of take it back to thinking about the last two games that we've lost. And we lost to Leeds because they had more energy. They, they had injury problems, um, but they they just were, you know, they got every second ball. They pressed us. We looked leggy. You know, they, that you know, um, and we lost to Man United because of their bench. Yeah. So you've got two reasons there where why a club in our position with a thin squad, it's a good first eleven. But we've known for a while that it, 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 it's it's a thin squad, and and where our aspirations are purportedly, you know, heading in terms of Europe and chasing Europe again and and, and moving up the league, um, it looks either complacent or deeply negligent not to have strengthened in this window. It seems to me. And I know we're talking about kind of Phillips and Origi and whatever as people who, who would perhaps feel slightly stopgappy. Um, but I, I, whenever I've seen Origi, it I, I, I makes you wonder what Moyes has obviously got against him. Uh, Phillips, you'd have thought absolutely, as you say, a Moyes-type kind of, you know, blood and guts defender yeah. um, of the Dawson kind of, kind of type. Um, and the fact is, we, we, we're, we're now going into a kind of crunch part of what feels potentially as a sort of, you know, a make or break sort of season in some ways, with new money supposedly coming in, uh, the sale of the club possibly not, not that far down the line, with the young star player who, who is possibly among his, the best in his position in, in Europe, if not the world. Um, if ever there was a time to speculate to accumulate, if ever there was a time to make a statement that we're, we're, we're serious about this, this window is it. And I wonder, I, you know, I just wonder whether we might look back on this moment as another, not, not as drastic in some ways, but another not capitalising on 1966, not, not capitalising on, on a building from that promotion team in, in, in the early 80s not building on 85, 86, selling Rio when we had a decent, decent team. It just feels like history repeating itself a little bit. I might be being a bit apocalyptic. <laughs> well, it, I, I would, I, if, I'm devil's advocate, if I'm devil's advocate on that very point, I would, you know, which, which the club will do. They'll point out that we're making, that with, that we are dooming and glooming from fifth with a, with a really useful cup tie coming up, you know, at the weekend and the round of six knockout stage of Europe. And guess what? If, they, if we get that right during this next three, you know, this four or five months, this will be, this would, this conversation will be as moot as they come. And suddenly summer looks like the whole deal. And I'd add to that, Jim M, is that I've, I've you know, that I've been listening to and have spoken to somebody from relatively well close to the story. And the implication is, is that the money was there for the spending, but what we do have is David Moyes and his policy, his decision-making in play. Yeah. 
And I kind of, again, just a you know, glass half full version of this or beer in both of your case, you <laughs> swines. Um, I, I just go with the, I think I still need to just give Moyes the break and say, if you don't think there was somebody, if, if the deals that you went, I mean, I think a couple of deals collapsed that he genuinely wanted to happen. That also happens in these windows. Yeah. But I'm still erring on the side of letting him, of, of absolutely giving the manager the break here. What do you think, Jim, about that? I think a lot of fans would agree that he's earned the right to do things his way. Um, I, I, I just think that sometimes you do have to adapt your methods or your principles to the circumstances at hand. And yeah, we're, we're one Antonio hamstring away from not having an out-and-out striker. And he's he's technically not even an out-and-out striker to begin with. Um and I, it's just an insurance policy. We just needed a couple of insurance policies in there. Yeah. I'm not I, saying I'm we have to spend 50 or 60 million on some star striker who may or may not fit with the squad. Yeah. I'm more worried about the defence, though, because I, I, mean, I, I absolutely accept you're right about, you know, um, Antonio. And, and he, not only is it a question of the fragile hamstrings or whatever, but he's, he's looked. He's really, he's, he's not in great form. He's struggled no. a bit the last few games. Not surprising, so, I don't think, with the, the amount, with the, the, the workload that, that, yeah, is, that exactly. is put upon him as, as effectively a lone striker. Yeah, and he's now but, just been but, away with Jamaica as well. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But, you know, Man United apart, we're generally scoring two goals a game we're, and creating chances. Yeah, um, we can see in three, though, um, <laughs> Yeah, and that's my point. And that's my point. And, yeah. and, you know, we've all felt that um, when we had Cresswell, um, Zuma and Ogbonner out, we've got Ogbonner out, we know, for the rest of the season. Um, uh, we, look, we, looked, we looked less good, <laughs> to put it mildly. I'm a little, bit, and I'm a little bit distressed about watching Diop go off to a relatively smatteringly loud round of the booze uh, because, because yeah. of course, he's been, you know, so he, he, he's... He's patently third or fourth choice centre-half, but he's been thrown in the deep end. He's playing all of the football. And, yeah. and the mistakes that he makes as his game develops are uh, suddenly starting to cost us very specifically. And yeah. I, mean, I felt his pay there. And I still think there's a, there's a good centre-half in there somewhere. Yeah, I agree with you. And he hasn't played consistently badly throughout the whole season. He's had a, a, a drop-off of form alongside Dawson. He, if he comes in and plays alongside Zuma, he'll look a better player. Trust Definitely. me. Definitely. Uh, because Dawson um, wasn't think, expected to be doing this much heavy no, lifting himself, was he? You know. No, exactly. Exactly. No, that's, that's why it makes no sense that we didn't. I mean, clearly Moyes. Th- there's something about the guy at Marseille whose name I can't pronounce. No, Celeste Carl. Celeste Carl, whatever his name is. Celeste Char. Whatever. No, I think, <laughs> I think Jim's got a court order against him. He's not allowed to pronounce it. I think that's the point he was making, Jim, in there. Yeah. But uh, there's something about him that Moyes really doesn't fancy, isn't there? Clearly, yeah. Because I'm... that, that you know... I mean, the thing about it is, is I, I, I accept... I accept what you say, that you know, Moyes has got a huge amount of credit in the bank. But don't forget, I, I, I'm someone who didn't want him sacked the first time around, never mind, you know, and welcomed him back. I think he's a fantastic manager, but um, he does like to do the business late. And I mean, it's a bit like as an English teacher, I used to set people essays and uh, you know A level essays, and I would say, look, you've got you've got a couple of weeks to do this, 
because I'm expecting you to do this amount of reading, do this research, pace yourself because you've got other work to do. And of course, you know, there were the conscientious students, usually female, unfortunately, to sexually stereotype it, who would go away and actually sensibly pace themselves and kind of hand the, hand the work in. Uh, and there were the, the feckless wankers, usually boys, who would uh, go, yeah, 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 and then leave it to the last minute, sit up all night with caffeine and, and, and what else, Red Bull and whatever, uh, and time and again, actually not get it finished because it was a bigger task than they realised, which I would say, that's why I gave you two weeks to do it, you silly plonker. Well, I'll and tell you what, Jim, Jim, Jim like Monroe would appreciate. We've been a bit like that. We've been last-minute merchants. We've been students doing an all-nighter and yeah. fake get our essay in. I've got, sorry, Jim, Jim Bumrow and I, as, as, you know, as, as written journalists, um, as, as perfect training. The only, the only, <laughs> that's perfectly acceptable behaviour. I mean, <laughs> the only time in a time frame is literally the deadline. Exactly. There is no other time. Yeah. That's what <laughs> you write, you write on the deadline. You cram all your research in, of course in you like do. three hours, bang it out, and then a week later someone says, oh, what was that you wrote about so-and-so? You go, oh, I can't I did. That. That, that was <laughs> got three that? seconds after the deadline had passed. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess, yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I, I, this, I go, it goes back to Phillips, I think, would have been the, you know, bringing in a foreign footballer to, to, to immediately hit yeah. the ground running and, and play the second half of the season, I thought would have been a big ask, a centre-half, which is why I think, you know, your Phillips idea was good. And I got, the one thing I'm disappointed about, the fact, I just read this before uh, we started recording, is that, again, he had to go for a striker. Uh, apparently, he'll go back for him. Uh, Duran Zapata from Atalanta, Colombian player, which is a real shame because um, when he does come, I've got his nickname sorted out. We're going to call him Vauxhall because, of course... <laughs> Vauxhall Viva Zapata is is there, there, there are no options here. It, it's it's already job done on that one there. So uh, while I'm on my negative kind of kind of trip, <laughs> I'm going to chuck in the fact that there was some really weird shit that went on on the rumor mill in the last couple of days. Yeah, stories that was putting in fifty million bids for both Rafinha and Calvin yeah. Phillips. This Nunez bloke who came out of kind of kind of nowhere mm. um, and, and disappeared back into it pretty quickly. And just, yeah, yeah. Which kind of, you know. So it felt, you know, if it was simply a case of right, we're keeping our pie powder dry, we, we're happy with what we've got, blah blah blah. Then Moyes, you feel, would have said that, but he made it clear he wanted to get players in. He was aware of those kind of areas of weakness of, uh, 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 in the squad, not so much necessarily the first 11. Um, and I just think it's been, in that sense, negligent. It also slightly worries me in terms of, you know, what does this say? What, what's the messaging here in terms of players like Rice and Bowen? Yeah. In terms of what what is what how is what is this Kratinsky guy and what is the you know there was rumor of extra investment and so on, it feels that we're coming out of this window with more questions now than answers and and some of them quite worrying questions because if if the worst case scenario happens which is a couple of crucial injuries fairly early on we get dumped straight away out of this year I mean we could easily end up playing Dortmund in this. We're not going to get past Dortmund or, 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 or um, Atalanta even, to be honest, I don't think. Um, once we come up against some serious quality in Europe, we will be exposed, well, I think. That, that will be... That will, I mean, I think on the, the point you make, Jim, on the, on the two Leeds men, 
I think you're quite right to then put that, to put Bowen and Rice's name in the same sentence because my take would be, and I, I guess that's why I'm going back to the, the idea of the summer window. <clears throat> if Rice and Bowen go for what two hundred million quid in total. That those two those two players are pretty decent replacements. Well, and, that's the isn't that worrying? That's what they well, felt. No, like. I, 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 I'll go with worrying, but I also have to be a bit <laughs> sanguine about the fact that I think Declan Rice is surely destined for a Champions League club, isn't he? Ultimately, yeah, but he's twenty. He's just twenty-two. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think yes, in, inevitably, but there, there is just this possibility, and I'm, you know that we could turn West Ham into a Champions League club. True. But, I mean, that, that, that surely is what the aspiration should be at the moment. With the first 11 we've got, with the, with the manager we've got and the setup and everything, with new investment coming in, with the, you know, every, surely that, and that was what we were supposed to be, that's what the whole rationale for this bloody move it's, that I never It's this historical fear that we've be. got though, Jim. You mentioned earlier, I, mean, I actually did, stick it on social media first thing this morning. I was feeling, I, I don't feel so bad now, but I was feeling as depressed as you sound now uh, this morning. And uh, I, post, I, I posted, you know, post 66, we didn't build on the Holy Trinity. No. Uh, the 80s, as you mentioned, again, we didn't build. Um, there have been all these points in history where we've been on the cusp of actually just taking that step up and yes. we've not taken it. And that, that, especially to us oldens, that's what this feels like here, that there was just that chance to get a bit of extra quality in to show Declan Rice and Jared Bowen and, and everyone else that, you know, we're, we're making the positive steps. But also, of course, we, we were spoiled a couple of years back with Suchek and Bowen coming in. I mean, we didn't know what Bowen was going to be like at the time, but he very quickly settled in. Um, last season, like Ben Rama was made a permanent deal. I think the jury was still a bit out on him at that point because um, he was a bit hot and cold in what he was doing, but it was still, okay, we've made it permanent, we're spending 20 million. You know, we, and then suddenly, it's like the curtains come down and nothing's happened. It's the, the new head of recruitment. I think that was the thing. Everyone's gone, right, we've waited three months for this guy to come on board. So what's he got up his sleeve? What's he going to do? What's the special? Yeah. Why have we, we gone out and got this guy? What's he going to do for us? I think they're, and, they're all good points, but the thing is, we've got to kick, we've got to kick the cusp down the road a bit now. Till, till May, and let's and let's hope that by the time we get there, things are, are, that we've got out of jail a bit. If you yeah. obviously Phil Whelan's will part of me nicking his Mister Monopoly line. <laughs> Take a quick break, and we'll look forward when we come back. So you're listening to Stop Habit Time. Um, the window, gentlemen. Is closed. We're putting it behind us. I'm drawing some form of metaphorical curtains across it. But from the outside, which seems to fit the fit the the image a little bit better, because we're outside the window. So now I've got outside curtains. No, that doesn't work, does it? <laughs> okay, let's move on instead. Then let's let's give ourselves a little run in the cup, shall we? And I, I speak about the FA Cup. It's um. It's a Saturday lunchtime at Kidderminster in front of the cameras. An act, a good thing for you fellas. I'm glad it's um, not Sunday for once, but um, yeah. <laughs> but it does have it does have the prospect to completely ruin the weekend if uh, <laughs> if the worst did actually happen. But I, 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 I mean, there, there, there is never an excuse to get for going out to uh, to a team like Kidderminster. 
Um, we know we've done it in the in the past. We've we've. Uh, have we ever gone out to a sixth tier team? I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, think, I doubt. No, it. Not, we've had we had a draw. Yeah. I mean, you know, we we know that we we've, we've got a, a long standing history of, but I think you know, a Moyes team is not gonna is not gonna um, be complacent uh, about this. I don't think we will be complacent. I remember the um, I went to the AFC Wimbledon game, which was our last. I think that was probably our last humiliation. Humiliation. Wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, and Rice champing at the bit on the bench never got on in in that game. Um, uh, he might not start on this, but I, I think he'll want to play. And uh, you know, you've got players like that. You, you, uh, it doesn't matter what you know, the pitches are levelers and whatever. Um, I, no, we'll get. I'm sure. We'll, I'm really confident we'll we'll, we'll get through that. Uh, I've got my tickets. I'm going. So you did uh, well, did because there were very yeah. few and far between, weren't they? There's sixteen hundred, I think. So it's oh, that's it, not it, too it, bad. Round, I thought it was, I thought it was in the about six thousand. So uh, it's going to be a big West Ham contingent there, it, it, proportionately. Um, I mean, I go and see a bit of non-league football. I go and watch Bromley, which is my hometown club, and they're the league above high kids. flying in the national league. High flying, absolutely. But really, honestly, the the, the staff level of the football <laughs> is not great. And, uh, you know, we should absolutely impose our game on them. It's a great opportunity. You've got to see it as a, as a good footballing event. It will be a great day for them and, and, and for the cameras and whatever. But you've got to say, you, you've got to take those, those opportunities. It's an opportunity to get into that fifth round. And then, you know, who knows what's going to happen. It's a chance to really kickstart. Yeah. It certainly is. Is it an opportunity as well? I mean, I was I went through the you know the our development squads doing extraordinarily well. That you know yeah. we clearly mm. got some young talent there. I was looking at the 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 young uh, Flex, who of course we, uh, I think we got from Celtic, didn't we? He's a uh, you right, know yeah. Yeah. under nineteens, fourteen goals in twenty games. I suppose it kind of harking back to the idea of the second half of the season. Would a game like this be an opportunity to bring a young footballer like that through? Get him, get him into a game, get him on the bench, make him more part of the first 15, 16, perhaps? Absolutely. And I'm sure it will. I'm sure he will. I mean, I, I, I don't think it'll be... <coughs> I think it'll be a mixture of, uh, of under-23s and, and, and first-teamers. Um, uh, and, and he's shown that he's willing to do that in, in, in Europe. I mean, you know, that, that European game where we had an entire under-23 back four was... was Really refreshing yeah. to see, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. I, you know, and they are good. Yeah, they are coming through. And, and, that, and you know, it might be that they'll play more of a part in this, you know, second half of the season and they have got a bit of faith in them. That might be part of Could be. the whole transfer window thing, you know. Yeah. I'm actually surprised um, we've not seen Ocker Flex on the pitch because he's been on the bench a few times recently, hasn't yes. he? Yes. Um, and I like, like even at Old Trafford, uh, that was the sort of occasion where instead of the... Mazuaku Yarmolenko duo that he oh, likes to bring please. on. You know, just bring on one of the younger lads with a bit of pace and uh, maybe ask a few questions towards the end of the game. Yeah. Um, so I very much like to see him first team action. We, he scored, didn't he, in that preseason friendly at Celtic when he yes. when he came on. Yeah. His first appearance for us. Um, and some of the goals that uh, we've seen him score, um, when you watch the, the club footage of those those under twenty three games, he looks he looks really useful. Listen, why not? I mean, you know, big clubs, and I include within that conversation, in particular Liverpool, Manchester United, 
have not in recent seasons been afraid to throw their young starlets into the, the fray mm. and and you've watched them rise to the occasion and perhaps it's an opportunity I mean and obviously I guess Ben Johnson is the is the poster boy for that but perhaps you need some company you know <laughs> yeah. you know up from the from from, from the from the youngsters Let's move on then, because of course, uh, to your point, Jim, Ermler, Jim M. Early, you mentioned him, of course, Antonio. He's he's mm. he's got a nut. I think he's still got. I mean, they're they're flailing, aren't they, Jamaica in their in their group yeah. stage? Yeah. Um, so that's a done. Deal. I think for one more game. Obviously, the good news is he won't have to play at the weekend, so mm. he comes back fresh for Watford in the midweek, which is uh, uh, with a, well, I say fresh, but certainly with a, a decent few days rest. From his yeah. international exploits, yeah, um, and that's that. That is the thing. Now we're going to have to manage his um, manage his time and make sure that he does uh, get a decent rest when he's got back from his international duty. Um, but when you look at all the teams we were playing in the Carabao Cup, and like have we got as far as we did, they're you know, knocking out Man City and Man United on their own turf and everything. It's actually nice to have Kidderminster this weekend. Yes. It's like it's like we deserve this one. We've earned yeah. this one. Yeah. Now we so, mustn't waste it, but it is a good chance to get some of the younger guys in. As you say, Declan Rice will be champion at the bit to play. He'll want to play in every game. Um, so, and I, I hope you know there is there is a decent uh, spine of senior players in there. But it, it certainly should be a time for letting some of the youngsters. I'd like to, to see. Uh, strangely enough, I'd like to see Suchek in there and more liberated. I'd like to yeah. see him. Because he's been such a trooper and 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 been the guy who's let Rice flourish in his game. Yeah, totally. And this would be, I for me, a great opportunity for Suchet to have something else about it, you know, and and let him bomb on a little bit more and let him go and get the goals and the runs and the headers that he used to get and just yeah. get so he can feel the breeze in his hair again a little bit. <laughs> well, that was what got me temporarily excited about the Calvin Phillips rumor, actually, because the thought of having those three available would mean that, that you've got that potential to, to Suchek. I mean, Suchek is, is the new Fellaini from Moyes' point of view, isn't he, in some respects. And, uh, and it's the fact that, that, that Rice has evolved into this marauding box-to-box midfielder that has slightly cramped Suchek's Tommy yeah. style, hasn't it, a little yeah. bit? Um, I still think they're a, they're a very effective you know, central midfield pivot, but right. the flexibility of having an, a, another, you know, quality, you know, player of that, of that kind of level would be really exciting. I think, you know, that's the kind of thing that the, the Champions League teams have. They have that, they have that strength in depth so that, you know, if you get the odd injury that, you know, you've got people, not only people who are going to come in and, and, and keep the level up, but also yeah. give you that, that flexibility tactically to be able to, you know, cut your cloth to the to the teams you play. It doesn't um, look like he's going to trust Kroll with that job, does it? No, doesn't. No, it's just not giving him the that's chance, odd, is he? isn't it? Kroll Kroll's looks all right. I mean, I'm sure he should play. Kroll. It should probably be Kroll and Noble to start with, anyway. In in central midfield on on Saturday, that should be enough, shouldn't it? I mean, you know, um, you'd expect Johnson, maybe, maybe, maybe one of the maybe Longello and left black would be nice to. Nice to see another another opportunity for him. You know, I, I agree, Okaflex. The thing about Okaflex is he's another one of these wide attackers, isn't he? Yeah. This kind of modern breed of, 
He's not a centre forward, is he? He's, he's, well, he, can, he's, he can do the bowling like centre forward job, can't he? You know, he yeah. can he can play inside. But then again, as, as Jim Empott earlier on, nor was Antonio. And so that's no, what's no, okay. No, so no. so they've all got to have a go at it, just in case we got another one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I that's mean, only I, fair, isn't it? I think. I um, mean, Bowen is discovering his his goal scoring touch, isn't he? I mean, he's looking more and more like a goal scorer. Yeah. Um, uh, not just not just the ones he's scoring, but the positions he's getting into, the chances he's had. He had our best chance, really. I think uh, you know, up at up at Man U, um, uh, and I think Moyes likes him and, and sees him as potentially a better striker uh, in inverted commas than a lot of the people who were you know were being touted around at fifty million quid to come in. And as you say, uh, Webbo, you know, it's, you've got to hit the ground running, haven't you? You can't just. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get that. I, get, I think on the attacking side of the team, I'm, I'm happy to be provided that ultimately, you know, the 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 fuck off striker we're we're gagging for for sixty million or whatever is going to turn up. Um, I'm I'm happy to wait for that. But I I, I think the issue this season has been in defence. Uh, mm, you know, we're, yeah. we're scoring goals, but we're having to score, as you say, two and three to, to win a game. Um, and you can't keep doing that. That's not that's not sustainable. No. Yeah, that, um, you know. But that, as you say, lost our two centre halves, our two first choice centre halves sure, for a long for a long period. In fact, our back four to a great yeah. extent. So, yeah. the, the, you know, hopefully that rectifies itself. I just let's go back to. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it, that um, Watford decided that Claudio Ranieri just didn't have enough experience, so they got Roy Hodgson. <laughs> 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 you would, wouldn't you? I, I. I um, I hate to tempt fate, but I would say after the break, and uh, touching on your point, Jim, that we've earned Kidderminster Harriers, I kind of think that we kind of earned Watford as an opportunity to get back in our stride in the league as well. Now, I know I have now cursed us by saying <laughs> that, but you really, you couldn't have, you almost couldn't have picked a better game, I would suggest, even with new manager bounce, if I don't know how to bounce anymore. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, you'd hope so. I mean, uh, it depends how much they're going to they're going to put themselves on the line for for Hodgson, how much an impact he's going to have had. He's had a little bit of time to work with. Them. He has that. Yes, um, that's un- yes, you know. that's true. A couple of weeks with his squad, so they'll be better. I mean, they were a uh, they were a fucking shambles when we played them over there. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, they looked. They looked. I mean, they were the worst team we played this season. I yeah. think probably. Um, and yet they do have some decent players. So, um, you know, um, I mean, you know, before looking at it, you know, on, on the kind of lead up, our next two home games are, are Watford Newcastle. Yeah. And you would have said, oh, good, we're playing two of the, two of the bottom three. But actually, of course, you know, Newcastle are going to be a totally different kettle of fish, aren't they? Um, when we see them. I, I, I th- yeah, I mean, Gosh, if we don't beat Watford, then that that's a real bellwether, isn't it? I mean, that 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 will be a set of alarm bells ringing. I think more so free, than more so than Kidderminster. I think uh, yeah, we have yeah. we because we have in our DNA the the banana skin, and you and I think a lot of fans will defer to that that they think this is the sort of thing that we do, and we should not look at it as part of the bigger picture. Jim, I'll ask Jim M on that one. There is, but Watford, that's a massive point point that would need to be proved in front of a home crowd, isn't there, after what has happened uh, on 
the 31st January. Yeah, well, look, I mean, we've, we've been finding ourselves in that position, though, just in the last sort of six to eight weeks with some of the results. We've, we've faced games where, like, Norwich at home, we really just needed to make sure we got that one away and comfortably away. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, we've had these little runs just recently where we've not been getting the results. You know, the, the Southampton at home and... Um, Yes, compared to bad runs we've had in the past, the, the bad runs I'm now talking about are perhaps losing two in a row for the first time in a year or something. Um, but, you know, we've, we seem to just be coming up against this just a bit more frequently um, these last couple of months where you're looking at Watford game, you're thinking, yeah, that should be a comfortable win. But we're already saying, yeah, but it should be a comfortable win. Yeah. Is it going to be a comfortable win? Um, and, and hopefully and probably it will be. But it's just, you know, it, it is the right time to have those two matches, certainly. Kidderminster and Watford, if we don't take this opportunity to get some momentum back, then then perhaps this idea of getting to the end of the season with the squad that we've got and, and bringing in the riches we hope to in terms of um, perhaps a bit of silverware may not be as uh, as realistic as we we're probably hopefully thinking it is right now. Well, I've got to be honest with you, I'm looking forward to getting back to the London Stadium for the Watford game and to see mm. our new players that we've signed. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Yeah, it all just come, it's all just come home. Oh, yeah. lads. <laughs> oh, well. Such is like. Well, listen, gentlemen, uh, thanks very much indeed for uh, letting me look after you, uh, fellas, tonight. Uh, we have, of course, been... Stop hammer time. Uh, I don't know if there's any other jobs I'm meant to do at this particular stage. Uh, in t- Jim, you'll, Jim Grant, that, would, would Phil have anything else to say at this particular stage that I've failed to note? Uh, no, 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 I think so. No, nothing intelligible. No, well, that's I mean- good. That's true. <laughs> very good point indeed. On which note, then I would like to say to the two Jims, thank you very much indeed. And this has indeed been Stop Hammer Time. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.